BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with OCR Bunny and OCR Strong. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike at BeastNet here and today I've got with me Nick Simmons. Um, Nick, um, let everyone know a little bit about who you are. Yeah, I'm 39 years old, live in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, I moved out here in 2006. Uh, I was picked up by Nike to be a professional runner and I ran professionally for Team USA for 12 years, made two Olympic teams. And uh, when I was retiring, I started a YouTube channel to continue to entertain the audience that I built up. And so now I'm mostly just a YouTuber. We just hit 1 million subscribers on YouTube and I absolutely love the platform, love making content and inspiring people to get out and be active. That's awesome. And I'll make sure too. once we're done with this, I will link. So anyone who's listening, you want to know, you know, where you can find his YouTube, there'll be a link for it in the notes so that you can get to it. Um, what got you into running? I mean, it's one of those things, like you said, you, you got sponsored by Nike. I'm sure it wasn't just one of those things they knocked on your door and said, Hey, yeah. you know, what got you to that point? Yeah, I grew up in Boise, Idaho. Um, it's a great place to grow up as a kid. There's so many opportunities. I played soccer, ice hockey, was skiing, biking, running, you name it. And it wasn't until I was about 14 years old um, that I started running. Uh, I wanted to be a professional soccer player. But mm -hmm. when I started high school, I was 90 pounds, soaking wet, five feet tall, smallest kid at Bishop Kelly High School. And the soccer coach said, hey, Nick, why don't you go out for the cross country team for a year or two, develop your stamina, you know, your heart and lungs. And when you finally go through puberty, you can come back and get some playing time on the soccer field. But I ended up being pretty good on the cross country, you know, pitch. Uh, I was number, let's say five in the state of Idaho as a freshman. And it just kind of went wow. from there. So I, I didn't love running. I loved the sport. I loved that what I put into it paid me dividends. And I could really see a path towards success with distance running, but I didn't love the training. Yeah, no, no one loves the training, but it's <laughs> what we have to do to get there. I mean, it's one of those. Exactly. Right now I've got my, my suffer buddy as i call him he's a guy i train with you know he's been giving me crap because i've been slacking for like four months and gained like 30 pounds but when you run 30 pounds is a lot it's a you lot know, yeah hard on the knees hard on the ankles uh when i used to, to get back into I it to come down yeah have you tried biking or swimming just to like lean down before you yes because actually i do triathlons and oh, there you go. You know what it was is I did the, yeah. the Ironman in September. And then after the Ironman, I'm like off season, take a break. But then like mm -hmm. the break lasted longer than it should have. And now I'm like, yeah. okay, now I'm paying for it. Now it's time to, yeah. to get back into it. So yeah, doing the triathlons, I went and got a new bike and, good. you know, we'll go to the gym. We did this last weekend. We did what? 1500 meters swim, then went and rode for 2000 meters, rode the bike for two do miles and then ran nice. for a 5k. So, you know, yeah. really pushing the body again, getting back to where, you know, and that's it. It's like you said, it's the training, you know, yeah. we want to do good at the race day. Well, we have to train. I get it. I've been yeah. there. Oh yeah. So, so what do you, like you said, you, you do a lot of, you know, like you said, lean the, the swimming and the, the biking for, you know, leaning down. What other things do you do besides running? And I think that was one of my biggest things when I first started doing it, that's all I did was ran. And then yeah. all of a sudden when I tried something else, it's like, oh, wow, no other muscle in my body works. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, if I could, I'd still go out and just hammer an hour run every morning. I mm -hmm. love the flow physically, mentally, emotionally, how I feel after doing that. But my knees and ankles and hips will not allow me to do that anymore. 
And after retiring and kind of going through this existential crisis of like, who am I and how do I stay fit? Uh, my wife suggested I go to the local CrossFit gym. And I'm like, ah, it's just a stupid cult. I'm not going to join yep. the CrossFit community. And I still, I will say this, as a guy who loves CrossFit, I don't think it's for everybody. And I think it will injure most people. But there's something about the gamification of workouts, the scoring, the camaraderie, the community. I fell in love with my gym, Treeline CrossFit, and the guys that I lift with every morning. Uh, we just we have this good back and forth where we push, push each other, but we're not uh, pushing each other to the point of injuring ourselves, knock on wood. Uh, yeah. So I do CrossFit workouts Monday through Friday. I like to do endurance stuff on the weekends. Uh, and I just feel I'm a more well-rounded athlete as a result of, you know, showing up every day. And, and CrossFit's goal is to make a well-rounded athlete out of you, to prepare you for anything. Um, and I think they've done a good job with that. Yeah, and I know I have a lot of friends that got into the CrossFit. My biggest, I'll be honest, it sounds really bad to say this. My biggest problem with CrossFit has been the scheduling. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things you have to like set a schedule and be there at certain times. hundred percent. You need to find your class. It's an hour class typically, and you can't deviate. Like I go every single day at 8 a.m. Nothing stops me. But like if you're bouncing around from classes to classes, like it's not going to work. And that's my problem is I, because of what I do for a living, I'm, I'm in construction safety. So yeah. every day I'm in a different place. So it's like trying to find anything where I can consistently go to the same class over and over again has been about impossible because my schedule, you know, one day I'm leaving the house at, you know, like to, this morning, six o'clock to be, you know, in Seattle by seven, no problem. But then all of a sudden, you know, last Friday I had to leave by, you know, four o'clock so I can be in you know, Linden by seven. So it, it's like, you know, it depends on where I'm at. So it's really hard to get that schedule. So actually I built a garage, a, a, a gym in my garage nice. you know, and do a lot of that. I got a bunch of the weights down there. I actually just got rid of, I had the whole pulley system thing, but <laughs> in reality, it just took up more room. Yeah. I gave it to a Do you have a, you have a rack and a barbell? I do. So, and that's what I it feel was. like a rack and a barbell used properly is like 90% of what you need in a garage gym. And so that's what I did. I got the, I, I, I narrowed it down, got rid of that, got rid of, uh, I had two treadmills, got rid of one. So I just have one treadmill in there now. And then basically made an area like 15 by 10 mm-hmm. that has all of my dump, my barbells, my, my weights, everything. So I can do, you know, I can lift, do workouts. I have my sandbags, my, my yeah. backpacks, every, you know, rock sacks, all that stuff there. So I can do whatever workout I decide to do, you know, nice. I decide, you know, and it's nice being in the garage. I can just run out the garage door. If I want to put on, you know, the ruck pack and go run, you know, do a ruck and come back and do a workout or whatever. So it's always, and that's, I think the hardest is like you said, CrossFit isn't for everybody, but it's finding that niche that works for you. hundred percent. Yeah. And I always say that, you know, the content that we make, I call it fun with fitness. And I say, if you're not having fun working out, it's only because you haven't found the right workout for you. Yep. You know, people are like, I hate working out. And if you just sent me to like a local recreational gym and said, Nick, work out, I would just look at all the stuff like, I don't know what to do here. I'd be bored out of my mind. Mm-hmm. And and similarly, there's a lot of people that if you put them in a CrossFit class, they would hate it. So mm-hmm. I think every if, to each their own, everyone just needs to find out what form of exercise, what form of workout resonates with you and then do that. And sometimes it's seasonal, you know, like I'm just finishing up the CrossFit Open. We'll do the last workout this week. And I'll take like a two or three month break to go in 
to something totally different. Last year, I went into a powerlifting cycle for uh, eight weeks and I loved it. It was such a new experience that I'd never done before. And I put on like 30 pounds and lifted a lot of weight. And then at the end of that, I was ready to go on to something else. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it being seasonal and cyclical as well. No, but I think the, the biggest problem we run into is I think people make mistakes like I just did where it's like, okay, off season. Yeah, uh, that's just, one thing I'll say. There is no off season. Yeah. There's and that only was, like, yeah, there's, there's, there's deloading, yes. but you're still working out. And that's it. I mean, like you, you said you're in, you know, Oregon, I'm up here in, you know, the Seattle area, Tacoma actually, yeah. nice. but, uh, you know, like tr I, I've gotten more into, I, I've done Spartans, I've done all that stuff, but I'm kind of like right now I'm in the kick of like the triathlons. I love triathlons. Mm. That's what I've been working on, but you can only do triathlons here from June to September. I know it's brutal. So it's like, what am I doing for the rest? So it's then finished <laughs> Ironman. I'm like, okay, I got a break till June, but then it's like, okay, but now I took such a long break. Now I've got okay, yeah. February. I have, you know, three months to drop at least probably 30 to 40 pounds to lean back out to where I should be to mm -hmm. get my stamina back up to where, you know, you know, I'm going out and running a 5k and I'm like, this isn't right. I should be down 25, 27 minute 5k's, not, you know, where I'm at. <laughs> You know, yeah. kind of getting back into that, you know, just takes time. It does. And that's, that's the problem is, you know, like you said, it's like you, there's deloading, not off season. And that yeah. was my mistake. I went for off season and no, that was crazy. Yeah. So when we were running professionally, we were allowed two weeks off at the end of every year. So our last race would usually be about September 15th. We'd take the last two weeks of September completely off. And then you're back to the grind October one. And we would train 50 weeks out of the year with two weeks off. And, you know, talk about the lifestyle of a pro athlete. But for those two weeks, we lived it up. I mean, we ate anything we want. We were drunk every single day, <laughs> traveling around, catching up with family. Because you only have two weeks off a year. You've yeah. got to really live it up. you got to make it, make it worthwhile, those two weeks. Exactly. You yeah. know, and I think that's just it. I mean, it's, it's one of those things talking to, you know, other athletes and stuff. You, you see him out there, you know, kicking ass on a course and whatever, like, you know, like I said, I've done Spartan races and all those kind of things. And you see the elites and you're like, wow, you know, I wish I was that. And it's like, well, yeah, but you got to think about what, what do they put in to be, 100%. you know, it's not yeah. like all of a sudden I just, they just wake up in the morning. They're like, Ta -da, you know, <laughs> no, the sacrifice that goes into it. I remember when I, when I retired, you know, I was talking to my sports psychologist and I, I was pretty depressed. I said, I just, I miss being, one of the best in the world at something. And he goes, I'm sure you do, but do you miss the sacrifices you had to make to get there? No. And I'm like, gosh, no, I definitely don't miss lots. having to miss birthday parties and having a social life and go, you know, just everything that goes into training. I, I did not miss that. No. And so I had to just let it go. You know, I'm, I'm glad it happened, but I'm also glad I don't have to live that lifestyle anymore. And I think that's it. I think, like I said, I think that's what a lot of people don't understand when they see these, you know, I've, I've known some, you know, other professional athletes and stuff and talk to them. And I'm like, you know, they're like, I have no social life. I have nothing, you know, it's like, you know, a friend's are like, Hey, want to go drinking on Friday night? I can't because, you mm -hmm. know, you know, it, it doesn't work with what I'm supposed to be eating for, you know, my workout, you know, Oh, if we go out to dinner, it's like, cool. Everyone else is having this great stuff. <laughs> I have, you know, I have to go down the menu and like what fits to what I'm supposed to be eating, you know? Right. It's, it's a lot of sacrifice. I mean, yeah, it is, you know, one of the best in the world, but you know, you don't get there by, by accident. 
And I think that's what a lot of people don't catch. And that's one thing I've, I've really figured out doing this podcast and talking to people is a lot of athletes, you see them, some of them, you know, started young, like you did, you know, you were, you, you know, in high school, you know, really got into track, but it wasn't like it was just handed to you. You had to work at it, you know, and then there you get some of the other ones that you see, you know, who had bad, you know, bad habits and now have stepped out of them and started to do, you know, the right, you know, what they should be doing to be healthy. And, you know, it's nice to see both aspects of that, you know, but either way, if you want to be healthy, it takes work. It's really hundred percent, hundred percent agree. Yeah, it's really easy to be fat and lazy. <laughs> Not so easy to be to be the other. So, and I've done both. Like I said, I mean, before COVID started, I was three hundred and ten pounds. So, wow, how um, much did you lean down? I dropped all the way at one point during COVID. I was down to one hundred eighty. No way. Yes, I hit one hundred eighty. Incredible. Um, I broke my foot, like shattered it, um, in two thousand sixteen, and was told yeah. I would never run again. And, wow. Um, I did it anyway, but uh. <laughs> I ended up and that was, I, I let that get to me and I didn't run and I kept using his excuse not to do everything. And finally it was like 2020. I'm like, I'm done with excuses. I'm going to do it. No That's I'm a great good. story. You know, and then I started running and I you. actually did, um, right before my 40th birthday, I told myself I would do a marathon before my 40th. Well, I was 310. Mm. And I'm like, I'm doing it anyway. So I did the Seattle marathon in nine hours and like 20. Good for you. It was brutal. It walk, sucked. Walk jog. Pretty much the whole thing. Um, it was brutal. It sucked. I mean, they were literally taking down the course right in front of me as uh -huh. I was doing. I was for you though, man. I have um, a lot of respect for that. And then I came back and I did uh, another one. It's, it's up here called the Tunnel Marathon. Great marathon if you've ever done it. It's straight downhill. <laughs> you start at Hayak and run down the hill. Um, I did that a couple of years later when I was still about, about 280. And I did it. And I did that one. And I think it was like eight hours. So I cut off like an hour and, you know, a little over an hour. And then I started running, lost a bunch of weight. I went back and did the tunnel marathon in 439. Wow. Nice job. Huge so it was, yeah. So it's one of those things and it's like, you know, great improvement. But then the problem, like I said, all I did was ran like yeah. the whole time when I dropped from 310 to 180, it was just running. I mm -hmm. ran, I would do stuff like put on a rock. I would do stuff like that, but it was nothing else. There was no heavy lifting, no nothing. So yeah. all of a sudden I went and did a Spartan race afterwards and they're like, okay, mm -hmm. now the heavy lifting parts, I never had a problem with it. 310, I had the muscle to pick this stuff up and do it at 180. I was like, oh God, <laughs> I'm like, okay, we know which parts of my body I missed. So yeah. when I, I came back up, I honestly, for me at my size and my build about two, two ten is about right because yeah. I, I'm leaned down, but I've also still got the muscle mass to, to support. Well, that's that's what's so fun about doing these different challenges, especially OCR or CrossFit. It's like, okay, what's the perfect form to be able to balance everything I need to do? Yes. Because I know how to run fast from, you know, 5K. You got to be super light and lean. Yep. And I know how to lift a ton of weight in powerlifting. You got to put on a ton of weight. But like, I don't want to do either of those things. I want to be the most well-rounded athlete and do good at everything. And, you know, I'm glad that you said you found your perfect weight because, it's hard to find that when you're doing so many different things for me, 190, 195 seems to be that like fine balance where I can still run fast, do great cardio, but I can still lift a ton. Yeah. But it took yeah. me the last three years of playing around with my weight quite a bit to find that.
Yeah, me, I just kind of honestly, it sounds bad. I just kind of fell into it on accident. It was like one of those things I had a trainer, a friend, you know, a tra trainer that I work with, Megan, and we talked and it was just kind of one of those and another friend of mine, Elise, who's another trainer I've worked with both um, kind of got me to that point of lifting again. And then it was mm. like I started doing races and I figured that was about right about 200, 210 was when I could lift still heavy stuff, like all the stuff on the Spartan races and the OCRs and lift that heavy stuff and do it. But I could also still move fast because that was one of the yeah. biggest things is carrying heavy stuff. If you've ever done a Spartan race, you know, the buckets. I haven't yet. I really want to. You need to. So carry the buckets, the sandbags, all that kind of stuff where, you know, you're carrying heavy things for long distances. One of the things I did that really helped through COVID was uh, Battle Miles. Mm. If you've ever heard of them, it's a virtual race brand. And it's just stupid challenges. Like one of them they have, it's called One. You carry 100 pounds between a bag and a vest for one mile oh gosh and then the sandbags 80 pounds and then you do 100 sandbag burpees oh no thank you 80 pounds <laughs> so it's a lot of you know that's like one of the worst ones they have a lot of them are just you know you go run a half marathon wearing a 20 pound vest you know something yeah. like that so yeah. you know something with that extra weight so you're you know it's really military base that's why the vest and all that kind of stuff you know sure. running yeah. with weight so, but it was cool to find those other challenges, but that's, I think what helped me through COVID and all that was those finding those kind of challenges because I've never wanted to be a runner. Mm. It's like when I was a kid, I played baseball because I ran 90 feet at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, play soccer. I'm like, you have it's, to run for an hour and a half. It's an acquired run. taste though. You get addicted to it. You do. And I did. I mean, I did. I'm actually, I'm on a friend of mine told me to do a run streak. I'll hit a thousand days, I think April 25th or something like that. It'll be a thousand right. days of running at least one mile every day. So Fantastic. and for a long time, I was doing like a hundred miles a month, but my body, I had to, in September, it was like, I'd done it for 22 months straight. And I'm just like, I need a break. Yeah. It's okay. To take a break. It is. It is. But sometimes, like I said, I took too long of a break. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so what, I mean, so you did all the running, everything like so you said, you, you went to the, the Olympics. So what Beijing and London for Team USA? Yeah, Beijing and London. How'd you do? Uh, in Beijing, I kind of flamed out in the semifinals. I was young and didn't know what I was doing. It was my second global championship and just made a bad tactical error. But I said, hey, I, I learned so much from this. If I can come back four years later, I think I could win a medal. And so I signed another four year deal with Nike, continued to train, got better and better and better, made the Olympic team in 2012. And did make the finals. And I ran 142.95, which would have, would have won a medal in every single other Olympic Games. But in that particular game, where the world record was set by David Rudisha, it was only good enough for fifth. So I finished fifth in London, was honored to be part of the race, honored to be part of the final, part of history, but did not get my medal. I mean, it sucks not to get a medal, but I mean, like you said, I mean, how many people can say they were in the finals? Of an not only eight, literally only eight. Every four years, eight people make the finals. And so I was I was really glad that I made the finals. Yeah. So out of how many people in the world, what eight billion yeah. or something we're at now, you were one of you get eight. Yeah. Now I'm I'm really I'm really I look back on it now and I'm very happy with what I accomplished. But in the moment I was pissed off oh, I, I didn't medal. So I bet it's one of those things. I think that's the hardest part sometimes, you know, I've had a couple of races, you know, not that I've ever been good enough to medal, but I mean, just even DNFing where you have that, like in the moment, yeah. you're pissed. 
But then you step back afterwards and you look at it and say, okay, what did I do good though? I mean, you know, like in every other, any ever other Olympics, that would have been a medal. Right. You happen to be, you know, in the, 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 you made the finals were pretty much like the world record with that. So you didn't just make any finals. You made the finals where, you know, world record. It was a tough year. I mean, there's, there are what we call soft years. This is not a soft year, but at the same time, had I been in a soft year, maybe I never would have run that time. And I'm, I'm just like, still shake my head that I ever ran that fast. So, you know, it's, it's time versus place. And at the end of the day, you just got to be happy with what you accomplished. Yeah. And I mean, that's it. I mean, like you said, I mean, would you have gone that? I mean, would you have been pushed that hard to go that fast? Probably not. Probably not. Any other one. So, and I mean, it's amazing. That's an amazing, amazing job. I mean, I, there's no way I could even get close to that. So, (laughs) I mean, what is that average per mile? 142 is like a 330 mile. My bath's not great. Someone's going to yell at me for that. 320 for the mile. So my best mile ever, which will help because I did dabble in the mile as as a middle distance guy. I ran 356 at the Dempsey indoor facility at UW. 356 was my fastest mile ever. Wow. I was happy when I got under eight minutes. I'm happy just to run a mile without feeling pain. <laughs> That's like yeah. my new goal. It's like, can I run a mile without hurting? Yeah. And, and I know, and, and that's it. I mean, it's one of those things and being sponsored by Nike. I mean, that's one of those things. Shoes is everything. Oh yeah. I mean, it, what are they now? $180 a pair. And yeah. we would go through a pair a month. I mean, it adds up. Wow. And see, that's one of the, what's funny is Nike's like the one brand I've never been able to, but I've never gone and got the really expensive. I mean, I use, you know, Pearl Izumis, which don't even make anymore, was what yeah. I used to wear. And then, you know, I mean, it's, you got to find that right shoe because otherwise it's just pure, pure yeah. health. I 100% agree. So, and that's I feel like with every brand though, all the big brands, you're going to find a shoe that you like. Like if you took me to Asics or Adidas or Nike or Reebok or Brooks, and I got to try all their shoes, I would find one that I love. It's yeah. a lot. It's less about the brand and more about the model. Well, and the hard part too is the models change because that's one thing I've had. I've used Brooks. Oh yeah, you fall I, in love with a with yeah. an adrenaline, and then they change the adrenaline on you. Yep. So yeah, that's kind of where I, I'm at right now. I've got the new version of the adrenaline. And I don't think I like them, so mm-hmm. I, I might have to find a different different one. You know, and like I said, yeah. I used Pearl Izumis for a long time, and then they just stopped making shoes. Yeah. So. <laughs> Hmm. But, you know, and there was, you know, different ones, but for whatever reason, I've never been able to find the Nike that doesn't make me hurt. Like, interesting. Well, stay away from them then. I yeah. I mean, I, lo- I always be appreciative that Nike gave my first pro deal, but I ran for Brooks for four years, um, ran for Gymshark for a few years, running for Barbell now. Like, I mean, everybody makes great stuff. It's just about finding what you like. Yes. Season to season. And that's the thing that's hard too, is I've had a lot of people where you see those a lot of times on like, you know, Facebook and those Facebook groups, what's the right shoe? I don't know because the right yeah. shoe for me is going to be different than you. I mean, it's one of those. Completely. And, yeah. and like you said, the right shoe today might not be the right shoe for you tomorrow. Yeah. Or yeah. next season. Exactly. And, that, and that's the other thing too, like I'm running into, because like I said, I did OCRs for a long time and I still do. There's an event I do up here called Sisu, which is so much fun. 24 hours of just running. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, and down the side of a mountain. Um, but I usually use my trail shoes to run that. Well, yeah. the trail shoes that I use, they don't make anymore. Mm. So I have to find a new trail shoes before that happened because. Do you ever wear the Cascadia from Brooks? No. That was a good trail shoe. 
I'm gonna try that one. Yeah, because I use um oh I can't remember which ones they are, but it's it's a different brand because it, I use an OCR shoe as my choice yeah. with no drop, no nothing, which is funny because I wear Brooks Adrenaline. Yeah. You know. So you love OC, you love obstacle course racing. Are you gonna come try my obstacle course out? What obstacle course? You have an obstacle course? So I spent the last six months and a hundred thousand dollars building an obstacle course here in Eugene, Oregon. I rented out a twelve thousand square foot facility. And I know you're thinking of like an OCR course like Spartan. This is a little different. This is think Ninja Warrior meets CrossFit. Seven obstacles designed to test an athlete in seven unique ways. The first person to complete it is going to win $25,000. I'd love to try it. I know I'm not going to be the first person to complete it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm inviting like the, the world's greatest athletes. Like I'm, I'm talking like the, the best CrossFitters, the best ninjas the best athletes in the world because I made this thing really, really hard. And I also know that somebody has to win the prize. So we're running it every Saturday in March. If you want it's open to the public. Anyone can come compete. Um, I put the time date and location for each shoot in my app, the Nick Simmons fit app uh, that can be downloaded at Nick Simmons but come on down, participate. Someone's going to win the prize money. And uh, we ran a test run on it the other day, and it, it's just perfect in its difficulty. Every obstacle is doable, but putting all seven together perfectly is very, very hard to do. And, and those are the best ones. It's kind of like, you know, like I said, American yeah. Ninja Warrior, that was it. Like every obstacle is doable, but you have to yeah. do each one, one right after the other. And, you know, if you set it up. One right, and done. You got to do it perfect the first time. Yeah. And if you set it up right, you'll smoke them on one, one you know, muscle and then make them use it again on the next one exactly no, no. we've got we've got obstacles that you've never seen before on a ninja warrior course obstacles that you've never seen before in a crossfit game i wanted to do something that would truly find the best all-around athlete in the world so maybe you're a great crossfitter but i've got an obstacle that will stop you in your tracks or maybe you're a great ninja warrior but i've got an obstacle you've never seen before like this is truly supposed to like I want people to just shake their head and be like, I can do six out of the seven, but there's that one obstacle that just keeps stopping me. And we will find out who the greatest, most well-rounded athlete in the world is. And, and he or she will be going home with 25,000. So this series is going live on my YouTube channel every Friday in March. So if you're listening and you want to see people attempt this course, go to youtube.com slash Nick Simmons. And you know we've got videos dropping every Friday. I'm gonna have to go watch that. That sounds amazing. So it's sounding first Eugene. one drops this Friday. Yeah. Okay. So on, on March third. Yeah. The first March video 3rd? drops. Yeah. So and it's down in Eugene. Yeah. Crestwell, Oregon, technically it's a suburb of Eugene. No. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. Yeah. It's a long ways to drive, but I'll have to look at my schedule for the month. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do them all right now, especially because I'm yeah, like I said, I, I slacked for too long, but but that sounds amazing. Just to watch people do it. I mean, it's one of those things. Well, I, that was the thing is we had probably 30 or 40 cross people from my CrossFit gym come down the other day and only 10 or 20 attempted it. But the other people were just screaming with excitement as they watched these athletes attempt this course. It's very, it's just fun. You know, watching people push themselves and challenge themselves and succeed. It's, it's just so fun to watch. And that's a lot of time the, the best part about a lot of this stuff. It's like one of those things when I first started doing OCR races, my favorite part was the crowd yelling and everyone loving, you know, helping each other and talking and everything like that. 
And it seems like, you know, since, you know, COVID, we've kind of lost that in some ways. Yeah. And it's great to see something like that where people are just going out and attempting these things and other people are just there cheering them on. Yeah. Like, hey, let's talk about. Yeah. That's awesome. So what kind of obstacles are they? Or do we have to wait till Friday? Well, I can't. Yeah, I can't unveil all of them yet. But if you've been following me on Instagram, you know, there's quintuple steps. You know, there's a tire flip and you know, there's a warped wall. So there's three. And on Friday, March 3rd, I'll unveil the entire course. and You can see all seven. All right, I'm going to have to definitely watch that. So, yeah, the tire flip's one of those ones that I've even when I, you know, that was one I think that hurt the bat most when I freaking all of a sudden. Tire flip's tough. When yeah. I lost all the weight and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I've never had a problem with the tire flip, like even Spartan races with it. I mean, they're heavy, but I have like four of them out in my backyard. So I would go, you know, grab them and flip them over and had no problem. And then all of a sudden I lost all the weight and I went to go do it. And I'm like, it's not there. Math <laughs> like, moves math. Yeah. yeah. So, and that was the hardest yeah. part. It's like, I forgot how much, I didn't realize how much I relied on my weight as yeah. like an extra, like to help me, but it's, yeah, you'd be surprised. You also. don't want to carry it around on the run. So again, going back to finding that perfect balance, like what is yeah. that perfect balance? Find that balance that you can do it. And that's going to be the one thing, you know, seeing your course. I want to see that because that's going to be the 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 hard part on that. Like you said, is finding that balance between yeah. CrossFit, you know, American Ninja Warrior. And that's one thing I've really promoted a lot when I've talked to people on this is, you know, you have runners, you have OCR, you have CrossFitters, you have all that. But for me, I don't want to be really any of those. I want to be something down the middle. Right. Where I can really walk into any of them and maybe not be the number one, but at least be in the mix 100 you know and that's kind of it i want to be able to run but i also want to be able to lift but you know i, I want to be that all around you know athlete yeah i get it that's what i'm all about after running after doing one thing exceptionally well for 12 20 years i said i don't care about being great at anything i just want to be good at a lot of things yeah you know jack of all trades master of none right exactly <laughs> That's awesome. So besides that, so what made you decide to do that? Which is just, you know, honestly, as a YouTuber, yeah, um, no, as a YouTuber, I just, I want to give the audience what they want. And in 2022, I said, Hey guys, I'll make you whatever kind of content you want. Just let me know what you want to see. We have a million subscribers and overwhelmingly, they all said, Nick, build us a Ninja Warrior course. And I said, oh my gosh, you guys chose like the most expensive concept that you could come up with. Yeah. But my subscribers always get what they want. So I, I made the investment, time, energy, money. We put this thing together and I made it for them. Truly, it's open to the public. This isn't the kind of thing where I wanted to just be exclusive to elite athletes. I want every single human being that wants to come participate to be able to come down and have a run at this course and take a chance at 25 grand. You know, as a pro runner, I had the honor of competing professionally for huge sums of money and the adrenaline that that gives you just the super power of adrenaline. I, I just want everyone to feel that. So it's open to the public. Uh, all you have to do to enter, there's no like sign up or anything. You literally just download the Nixon and spit app. It'll tell you the time and place to come to, and then you can then come participate for free. So really easy. Hmm. Sounds like a blast. Like yeah. I said, I kind of wish you were closer because that'd be a lot more. Hey, we're not that far. We're only like a three and a half hour drive from Tacoma. I made that drive a million times because my in-laws are from uh, Issaquah. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Bonnie Lake. So just outside of Tacoma, really. But yeah, yeah. nice area. 
no it is it is it is but things go right i won't be here much longer though but you know that's how it is okay but no i love it i've grown i grew up here but my wife's tired of the cold so she's looking at i hear that warmer climates so yeah right on so what's your what's your plans besides this after this i mean is this something you're going to keep going for a bit or is this just going to be through the month of month of march and then move on to a new Good question yeah i think we're going to run this series through march and see how it does maybe we extend it from a five video series to a 10 video series or maybe it does so well i immediately start building season two with bigger obstacles and more prize money uh one thing that's unique as a youtuber is you just have to be willing to let the data come week after week and make decisions on the fly. You have to be nimble. You have to follow trends. You have to listen to your audience. So I know that we're going to make a great series out of this. I don't know how it ends and I don't know what it leads to, but I know that in the next two or three weeks, I'll have a lot more data to direct where I want to take my content. Um, I love YouTube. I've been doing it since 2017 and uh, I can't imagine doing any other job. It's just, it's so much fun. It sounds like it's one of those things. I know we'll put this, these episodes up on YouTube quite a bit, but I mean, I've been doing that just the podcasting for, God, I don't know. I think I started in 15 or 16. It's been a while, but, and it's one of those things. I mean, I've, I just like talking, like I said, it's one of those things everyone always laughs because that's all I do all work today too. So I'm yeah. an instructor. I teach. So, and then I teach and then I come and sit out here and talk on their, like, hey, it's cool. Like so, but I mean, it's, it's, it's great to find your niche and, you know, you found yeah. with YouTube and I mean, doing all that stuff. And I, I think what's great too, is you're making content people want to see. And I think that's the the biggest thing where you see a lot of YouTubers, like they'll flare up and then disappear because they do what they want to do. People kind of like it. And then people are like, well, Hey, Bob, about this? And they're like, yeah, whatever. I'm doing my thing. And then yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I don't want to watch your thing anymore. <laughs> It's true. I think it has to be a fine balance between the content that you want to make and the content your audience wants to see. Because if all you're doing is making content that you want to make, sometimes it might hit with the audience and sometimes it might not. But if all you do is make content that the audience wants to see, you're going to burn out pretty quick. So I, I know I love fitness. I know I love challenging myself and challenging others. It's a nice base to play in where I know that the audience is going to enjoy the content but i'm going to enjoy making it as well that's the sweet spot with youtubing is when everybody's happy the, the creator's happy the audience is happy we're having a ton of fun making content and and enjoying it together but it's not always that way you know and and i've seen a lot of creators chase their tail and chase happiness or chase i mean it's still a job at the end of the day and and you need to view it that way and i just say i view it this way i say it's a job but i have the best job in the world you know and and having had jobs that I didn't necessarily love, this makes it easy to get up every day and just keep working. Yeah. Well, I think what people run into too is they get stuck, they pigeonhole themselves. It's one of those yeah. things when we when I first started this podcast, I mean, like I said, I think four years ago, I don't remember now. <laughs> but when I first started it, it was just an OCR podcast. And that's all we did. Mm. We just talked to OCR. But then after a while, I'm like, well, okay, that's kind of limiting, limiting ourselves. Let's move on and just talk fitness. We talk fitness and then we've even, you know, included mental health, but we kind of bring it all, you know, and talk all of it. I mean, all the things, you know, really that means something to me. I love OCR. I love working out and, you know, and doing safety, mental health has been a big thing that we've talked about a lot in safety. So it's like bring all of the, all the avenues in and bring in, you know, give the audience what they want to hear. 
Yeah. Like you said, and that's kind of the one thing, you know, with the YouTube, bring them what they want to hear, but also something that means something to me. So yeah, that's, that's how you keep doing it. I love it. And you don't burn out because that's, I've seen a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people burn out pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they get so stuck on like pigeonhole themselves and they keep trying to create it. And then they're thinking, going out of their mind, trying to create, okay, what got me here? And it's like, okay, well, cool. So th that may have got you there, but what does the audience now want to hear that you created? You know, because I do another show, but it's more on conspiracy theory stuff. And we actually lost a bunch of our audience because we did stuff that they didn't like. And we're like, we don't care. Really? Wow. Yeah. So, oops. <laughs> yeah. We did some things that don't, apparently were not, people didn't like. So, what kind of stuff? It was one of those things because, like I said, we do conspiracy theory stuff. So, we, it's more of like we don't really prescribe to any of the conspiracy theories in a sense. Yeah. It's more of like, here's the facts as we see them and kind of, you know, yeah. you make your own decisions. What do you think? Yeah. We went down and did the true stories of the founding fathers. Mm, interesting. And the backgrounds of the founding fathers. And there was a lot of people that, like, you're un American, you suck, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Hey, take it or leave it. Just these are just the facts. Yeah. We give you the facts as they are. I mean, it's huh. not my fault. You didn't know Benjamin Franklin was a freak. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it's. it's I, I mean, I was, I was listening to a podcast the other day, a very liberal leaning podcast, talking about Thomas Jefferson on slaves. Hmm. Like, well, yeah. How did you not know that? Like, yeah. a lot of people that been on slaves. It's not right. No. But you know, they they literally couldn't wrap their mind around the founding father that they you know, we're raised with believing, hey, this guy created one of the most important documents in America. And it's like, it, he's a flawed human being. Yeah. Everyone's well, a flawed human being. And that was the hard part when we did the episodes where we talked about like, you know, kind of like with a lot of things, it's like, just because some of the things he did in his personal life don't change the amazing things that they did, you know, writing the constitution, doing all this amazing stuff. It doesn't change that fact, but in their personal lives, they were different than what you think, what, what yeah. society tells you they were. What, you know? what your sixth grade history teach, uh, history book teaches you. Oh, yeah. One of the big ones was, that was Benjamin Franklin. That's where we lost a lot of people. Like that guy was a freak. Was he? Like, Tell me um, more. <laughs> oh yeah. Freak. You got it. Yeah. I, this is I'm gonna go find that podcast pod. and listen to it. It's probably the wrong podcast for that, but yeah, no, he was. Yeah, I mean, sex orgies, all sorts of stuff. If you go down there, yeah, okay, total freak. It's like, <laughs> huh? But you know, and that's one of the things that's always interesting is to find out the backstories behind. Like I said, kind of you know, back to this stuff where you know you think about you know see those athletes doing amazing things, you don't think about what they're doing in their personal life to get there, right? Yeah. So Don's going to be mad at me. I went down the whole rabbit hole thing. So. Okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you want to find it, it's NWCZ radios down the rabbit hole is the other one. Okay. Because when I do that one down, when I do that podcast, I use my stage, my comedy stage name, and it's Brandon Valentine. So. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. So I do comedy too. Hmm. In Tacoma there? Live? Mm -hmm. Nice. I'll check that out too. Yeah. So I do, I do comedy, but I do it as Brandon Valentine because Mike James is just like, there's like seven of them. Yeah. Stage name's good to have. Yeah. So I'm Brandon Valentine, my middle name and my mom's main name. So got it. Works out pretty good. So we all got to have our hobbies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. Is there anything else you want to say to the listeners? I mean, I'm going to make sure we, we post the links to the, to both of those things for you. Appreciate that. So we can make sure that everyone gets to your website and you know, your, your, 
YouTube. And hopefully, I know we got a lot of a lot of listeners down in the, the Portland, Eugene area and tell them, hey, yeah, come on down. Get on down there. And I, think, I think the, the biggest message I want to leave and the, kind of the mission of the YouTube channel is just to inspire people to find a love for fitness. You know, and yeah. obviously your listeners have that. If you're not having fun with your workout, you're not doing it right. There's so many ways to just be active and find a love for fitness. And what works for me, what works for you may not work for somebody else, but make sure you try everything. I will say this. I made my obstacle course inclusive of everybody, whether you're a guy or a girl, non-binary, young, old, I don't care. This obstacle course is welcome for everybody. Come on down, try it out one person is going home $25,000 richer. So what? it's only the first person to get it then? First person to successfully complete the course will win the money and then we'll shut it down and I'll start building season two. So you better get down there quick before someone beats it. So far, no one's come even close. And I, I'm literally like calling my friends because I, I was on season seven of American Ninja Warrior. I'm calling all the Ninja Warriors and saying, I need someone to come beat this course. Get your butt over here. So March 25th, we have a shoot day. And a lot of the very famous CrossFitters and, and ninjas are going to show up for that day. So I think that that's the day it probably gets solved. But, you know, maybe somebody surprises us. Maybe they come down early and, and take, take the money out right out from under their hands. No, that'd be the day to be there, the March 25th. And I've met. It's going to be a party. I've met yeah. a few of the, the the ninja warriors just randomly ran into. So. Like, um, I know Rose Wetzel's been on, you know, she's done it a couple of times. I've had her on the show a few times, but I've ran into her because she's from Ballard, you know, up okay. here in Seattle. Um, yeah. And then uh, the random one is Grant McCartney. McCartney. Mm -hmm. yeah. I run into a great athlete. Because he's done Spartan races. And he right. started with Spartan races. So I ran into yeah, so him I, in A Texas. bunch of people told me I need to get him up here. And I was yeah. like, it's open to the public. So Grant, if you're listening, let's get, let's go. I ran into him in Texas and then randomly in Hawaii when I finished the Spartan over there and I was walking back to the car and, you know, this last August and all of a sudden I'm like, and he was just wearing a towel too. And I'm like, that's Grant McCartney. Hey. I don't care. Yeah. Like, Tom, I'm going to go get a picture with him. <laughs> nice. But, awesome. Well, well check good. it out. I mean, someone is going to win this. And I, I think you'll probably see typically when we run a YouTube series, we like it to be four or five videos long. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll shoot. Uh, every Saturday in March and a video will drop on my YouTube channel the following Friday. So check them out. It'll be fun. And you said the first, now the first video that's coming out this Friday, that's just going to be, is that going to be an unveil of the, the, the obstacles? Yes. So or is Friday, that March, yeah. Friday, March 3rd of uh, the video that drops is an unveiling of the course plus all my CrossFit buddies running it. So you'll get to see yeah. people actually running it and see how they do. So is that the one you already filmed then? Yeah, we shot that last night. You know, say, yeah, you talked about, you know, that you guys were out there and I'm like, oh, that must be okay. So, yeah. well, you got to edit it. That's what a lot of people like. It's not going to be live. You, you've got 100%. When I do these live events, you know, everyone's like, well, when can I see the video? I'm like, well, you give us five to seven days. That's how long it takes to turn around the video. Yeah, because you got to edit it. You got to do everything or else it's just, I mean, not to say. It won't do well on YouTube otherwise. There's a lot of really boring stuff in the middle. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> So, all right. Hey, uh, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you to the listeners. Get your butt to Eugene, Oregon. Let's have some fun with fitness. Let's do it. All right. It's been great talking to you and I, I will, I will hopefully see you soon. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook, like, and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.